third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. We're back after a week. Uh, it's myself, JT, uh, Frank, and Jake. No Lunas this week. Um, but we are back. Uh, if you're watching us live on YouTube, we are sorry for the delay. We have been putting together a sheet that we're going to go over later on um, in the podcast. But yeah, we're in the thick of off-season, preseason. Nothing's really going on. Barely any news or notes. No signings have really happened. We do have some training camp hype that we want to go over. But um, once we're done with that, we're going to go into breaking down our um, over-unders for this year. Um, we'll explain it further if you're new. Uh, when we get to there but first let's talk about some camp pipe um as i'm going to the sheet um so quarterbacks the only real news that we have right now is brock purdy um he has began his throwing session ahead of schedule um bad news for people who didn't expect <laughs> brock Purdy to be ready like myself um who were really banking on trey lance kind of just being the clear-cut starter um now most of the talking heads seem to be throwing their weight behind Brock Purdy as the guy for uh, San Francisco. I think it was Albert Breer who was talking today who said that the 49ers were fully prepared for um, developing Trey Lance last year. Then he got hurt. And so now that he's hurt, um, they're going with the guy that they've seen been able to win in big games in playoff time, which is Brock Purdy. I clearly disagree with this as the Trey Lance guy here uh, for a while, but I don't know. There's just so many people saying it at this point. Like, I think it's way more likely than not Brock Purdy is the day one starter for San Francisco. I just, I'm not buying into the hype still, guys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm not banking on Brock Purdy. I mean, I think Purdy probably does get the nod on week one if he's healthy just based on what he's done. Um, but I honestly think he's going to have a short leash. Uh, I just do. You can't invest three first-round picks in the guy uh, versus Mr. Irrelevant um, and then expect Mr. Irrelevant to not have a short leash here. Um, the, the fans haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to really count him out. Um, if the coaching staff wants to play Purdy, if he plays poorly... Uh, I think you're just going to see him get pulled pretty quickly. I Listen, as a Pittsburgh fan, I'm hoping they roll out Purdy week one, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll take that all day. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I have no idea. It, it, but it, it, it's going to be fascinating to to see play out. I mean, do you do you think that right now is like a panic time for lance like you know just get out you just keep holding if you have him no yeah sunk cost at this point where we're firmly in planted at this point there's no reason to get out because it's just like if he doesn't start it's kind of a win-win because either he goes through preseason and he's not the starter right well he's already kind of valued as if he's not the starter at this point so you just hold on him and you wait for that break-in moment, or at least, you know, you hope for that break-in moment. And then if he is named the starter, bang, you just hit big. Or perceivably, you just hit big. And, and even if you don't like Trey Lance and you don't believe in him, then you could sell on that moment where he is the day one starter. And you could be like, oh, look at this. He, he's he's the guy. See, they do believe in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can move him. Because I'm sure people are going to be looking for a quarterback like we've won. Um, in Superflex, everyone always has a need for quarterback. So 
One thing uh, that's fascinating mm-hmm. about the situation is that a, um, I don't think the 49ers know who their day one starter and who they actually want to play is. I, I don't think that they have that determined, and they're just going to go into this with open eyes, open ears, and see who's playing the best. And the second thing is that right now, all three of these quarterbacks on their roster are sellable and worth. I'm going to say that Sam Donald's worth at least a third. Trey Lance is worth a first, if not more than a late first still. And Brock Purdy's worth, I'm going to say, an early second. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that would pay a first-round pick given one measly camp report that may have just fucking happened, right? Like, that's amazing that we've seen, we see an NFL team that has this many sellable quarterbacks on one team. You know, like when is this ever fucking happening? You have three guys that all are sustaining value. I don't think I've ever seen three. We've seen it with two, but never three. So that's what's amazing. And I guess last point that that I'm going to find really fascinating is that I I think one of the underrated things about this 49ers team, it's actually overrated, I guess, is that their offensive line, I don't think is as good as people are giving them credit for the the, the unit that they're going to be rolling out. Obviously, Trent Williams as the left tackle is fucking fantastic, and their weapons are amazing. And having a guy like Kittle helps out with, with some of the run blocking. But the rest of that unit, I, I think, is honestly a little bit shaky. So it's going to be interesting to see, right, like, if they're not able to, let's say, run the ball at an absolutely elite level, they may actually have to have their quarterback come in there and make some throws to win these football games, right? So that that might put pressure on whoever's actually in there. So, like, whoever they roll out week one against a Pittsburgh defense, I'm hoping is pretty good, I think is pretty good. If they can't run the ball against us, that's bad news bears for whoever the fuck is out there. So I honestly might think, like, boring because if they can run the ball, they're going to roll us. That's how it works, right? If you can run the ball against Pittsburgh, you you destroy us. If they can't, whoever's out there might be in for a world of hurts because you get a healthy TJ Watt out there, a, a fucking good secondary that it seems like we have, a good pass yeah, well, rush. Like, I, I was just remembering, like, last week that you guys got Patrick Pearson. <laughs> I completely yeah, forgot the Steelers it's, have it's Patrick nuts. Pearson. <laughs> so hyped about that mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah and on the road as well like this is i i can't remember really the last home opener that pittsburgh had i feel like it's been fucking ages the last home opener we've had so um while that team is insanely talented and they could come out there and roll us once again especially if they can run the ball dude you can't run the ball it that's gonna be a test for whoever they roll out there week one and if it is purdy Dude, that's that's tough. You're not in the groove. You're coming off the injury. You're you're on the road against a good defense. Listen, if he plays well, he could take the fucking reins. If he plays like shit, man, that could that could be wild for what happens with with both the dynasty market of this quarterback room and and everything, right? His future, what the 49ers decide to do. So I, I'm fascinated to see what happens. Are you are you guys right. betting on anyone? I'm sticking with Trey Lance. I think Purdy I just, gets the week one start. I think long term, I probably hedge Lance, especially with his value yeah. way, way down. Yeah, I just think Lance is the better buy. Because even if it turns out he's not going to be a San Fran guy, I just, I don't think, 
you know, a player that was worthy of the third overall pick who we haven't really seen play, like just isn't going to get another opportunity. So even if it's not with San Fran, I could see Trey Lance ending up somewhere else. I don't know why. I'm betting on mm-hmm. Darnold. I don't know oh, why. Okay. I Jake Jake cast a spell on me like months ago, and Darnold. now I'm actually buying Darnolds. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? I'm just lighting the thirds <laughs> on fire. And I It'll know it too. I know it too. It'll be uh, interesting to see where you guys go in the uh, NFC West breakdown when we get there. Uh, for that Darnold be... underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on, though, to running backs. <laughs> I just like the way that one of you captioned this in the doc. Who do you Nick think this Chubb, This has to be. <laughs> Nick Chubb did another crazy squat where the bar bended a bunch. <laughs> The yeah, Nick Chubb has big legs. We know. We got it. I think it. <laughs> it's a little bit of fake news because I think that barbell that they use there is designed to bend a little bit. And obviously, Nick Chubb's is, is just stacking 45s on each side. So that thing's bending like a motherfucker, right? Like, but I, there was another report on, on, a, on a non-joking note that he could see more work in the receiving game. We, we saw another report that while the Browns may – add a running back it's not gonna be the Fournette or the Zeke or the Dalvin right one of the I guess bigger name running backs it's gonna be I don't know whatever scrub lords available (laughs) um maybe like a Justin Jackson right I don't know um they're just gonna bring him back (laughs) I don't know I don't think I think it feels so weird that you let him go for that long and you don't you don't bring him back, right? Like, I mean, he just wants a job at this point. So, okay, okay. Is this like going to be Nick Chubb's crazy season? Is no. I'm gonna okay take this with a couple grains of salt here, but I'm gonna fucking mm-hmm. say it and I believe it. Is this Nick Chubb's LT season? Right, that season he had where he went fucking nuts, broke fantasy. Is this how? I think it could no, happen. I no, think it could, no, not, not like no. best fantasy season of all time. I'm not saying that's that. what you're comparing it to. No, fuck off. I think this could be Nick Chubb's best fantasy season to date. I honestly think this could be his best that's season to date. He just gets LT completely season. fucking fed. Like this is that year for him where he just goes fucking nuclear. No. We're talking about what Nick Chubb's now twenty seven. This is this is the. I think he's in his prime. I think he has another great year. I think they ride him, but I don't think this is Nick Chubb breaks fantasy football. I don't think this is Nick Chubb's best fantasy year. I think this offense is going to transition more towards Deshaun Watson. Year two in the Deshaun Watson era in in Cleveland, and they added weapons. Right now they have, um, uh, Cooper in his second year. They have. A first full season, obviously, of Watson playing. They have, uh, they brought in Elijah Moore and Joku's starting to play well. I just think this team is going to start to look towards the passing game more. I think Nick Chubb's not going to go anywhere, and I think he's going to still get his plenty of touches a game. But I do, I don't think this is the season Nick Chubb has his best year. Part of my argument, though, is that I think that that makes this offense more balanced. Right, every single year. It's been this passing outside of like a season and a half of Baker playing well. And even then it wasn't like amazing. This passing offense really hasn't been dangerous, right? You get, you get an offense that might actually open up the field for everyone. 
like, I think Nick Chubb is still going to eat. He's still going to get his carries, right? You're not going to be like, oh, well, our passing offense is now, you know, a decent bit above average. We're Nick Chubb. You're only getting your 12 carries. Like, no, you're going to fucking juice him up. And like, as like the report was saying earlier, what if you transition some of that, the, those carries into targets, right? Like that could only help him. I do. I think it's wheels up for Nick Chubb. I think he's going to go fucking bonkers this year. Uh, it's, I think the same narrative. I mean, you said it in your preface to it, but it's the same thing happens every year. And then every year, Nick Chubb gets his, um, pulling up his history log here. Cause I don't think he's ever scored more than like eight touchdowns in a year. Like it's just a very, nope, sorry, 12, more than 12 touchdowns in a year. Last year, he had 12 and like, seven of them were scored in the beginning of the season i think three four five yeah seven of them were scored in the first five weeks (laughs) so that means he only scored five rushing touchdowns for the rest of the season it's just the same thing with nick chubb you're going to get very similar stats year in year out and i don't think this year is going to be the year that changes it um i don't know i i i just don't think He's like LT where he's just counter to everything that you know about running backs where it's like they start to break down after, you know, 20 year 26. That's kind of when you see the the degrading begin. People like Todd Gurley even earlier. But to me, I'm going to side with Jake here and just say Nick Chubb not not having his best season ever. But all that being said, I don't think he's like a terrible buy now that he's been deflated. Um, in terms of I'm trying to find him in startups. Yeah, he's going in between Ramondre Stevenson and Tony Pollard, who are both kind of shiny new cho- toys right now. Pollard's um, not a shiny new toy. I don't know why people continually say Shiny, this. like, 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 like <laughs> all right, both, of, both Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson are not much younger than Nick Chubb when you think about it. But <laughs> um, I think he Pollard's 26 already anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but they it's do one of those scenarios like like an Eckler, right? Where it's a late breakout. He he's kind of a receiving back, so like he he's just like the the good modern fantasy back with not the wear and tear that most running backs have at that age. I Fair can enough. see both sides of the coin though with that one. I, I going to Nick Chubb's startup price. I don't think his startup price is necessarily fantastic, simply because. If you draft him, you're drafting him as your I am just going to hold him into the ground for the yeah, rest of his career. It's a win now move. But I think if you're looking at a win now piece in the fifth round, like like Nick Chubb, I don't I don't see I, anyone else. The, the only problem I have, and this this is how I've operated a lot of these startups, and I feel like looking back, I do I want to do it even more, is why not just pick up the the IUK? around there where he's still going to give you good fantasy stats and his value is not going to change right? if anything two rounds later <laughs> like i mean hollywood i think is weird just because the the cardinals might suck so bad in the beginning of the season that he he doesn't really like have a, a great I mean, maybe he just gets targeted so much it doesn't matter, but I, I'm legitimately scared about anything on the Cardinals, maybe other than James Conner, because, like, you know, if, if they gave him his 20 carries, you can only produce so little. Um, <laughs> but, like, a DJ Moore is another one, right? Like, you draft him. Is he really going to go down, right? Like, he'd have to have such mm-hmm. an astronomically bad season to lose value. Maybe it's, like, half a round, and now he's drafted where Terry McLaurin is. I could still sell him for a first. That's yeah, the I mean, only issue I have with Chubb. All, all things considered, it's not the strategy that I like to do in startups. 
but with Nick Chubb where he is, like, like for example, Najee Harris is being taken in front of Nick Chubb. I just think Nick Chubb's going to give you just better seasons after seasons over Najee Harris. Like, I think the next three years, Nick Chubb is just going to outperform him. Um, so comparatively speaking, sure. But in terms of, yeah, I'm dumping my value into Nick Chubb and like this guy better help me win a championship. It's not the strategy I like, but if that's the strategy you're going for. That's where I, that's who I take at that spot. Um, we can move on though to other running back talks. Um, the Dolphins have officially made Dalvin. I don't know officially. Yeah, <laughs> I believe I the Dolphins there was a have made a report that came out. Da- okay, okay. Dolphins offered Dalvin a contract. I think it was out of his camp that he's reviewing multiple offers. I think that's all horseshit, and the Dolphins are the only offer on the table right now. I think I think he's uh, going to the Dolphins. I think this he's is almost probably fucking confirmed. He's probably got. I don't know about like concrete offers, but like he's definitely had interest. Like, oh, like what do you think Dalvin wants? Like talking to his team or whatever, and then them being priced out. Um, so in, in those terms, sure, I think the Dolphins might be the only ones who are kind of in the atmosphere or stratosphere of um, giving Dalvin what he wants. Um, and I think it makes sense for both sides, right? Like Dalvin gets to go um, back to where he's kind of from um, down in Miami. He's got a great opportunity there to be the lead back. Um, it's a team that should be pretty competitive. Um, you know, the bills are obviously in that division and they're probably the front runners um, obviously, but this should be a team that makes the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be difficult though with the jets and everything too. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers there, but out of everywhere else, I mean, unless he's taking a massive pay cut to play with the likes of the chiefs or anything like that, like I just, I think this is the the fit that's going to end up working the best for Dalvin. Or if he wants to go split the backfield or Mondre, I imagine the Patriots are in, in an offer for him. Yeah, it's just... like, like with, with the whole no income state income tax in, in Miami, sure. right? <laughs> Even if the, the Patriots are off at a smidge more, like all the signs point to Miami. Yeah. Tax. He's going to Miami. Like it's just, I think it's all but certain he wants to go back to Florida. This team is ready to roll between a healthy Tua, Tyree, Mike McDaniels, Jalen Waddle. Like the whole team is ready to go. You, I know they drafted a chain and that's going to suck for rookie draft people that haven't taken, you know, or did take them early in rookie drafts, but um, it just makes a lot of sense here. I think they dolphins get the running back. They need, they get a guy that they can turn around and just hand the ball off to 30 times a game when they, after, you know, a, a two play drive that ended in a 90 yard touchdown to one of their receivers. And now they want to kill some clock in the next drive. Like it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I think well, it's a good fit. I think it's we, a good so fit. You, you think this is good for Dalvin, right? Like if you're, if you have Dalvin, you've been holding through everything, or even if you're like JT, you bought him. Right, like you're happy about this landing spot? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I think this is the best case scenario outside of, like JT was saying, going to the Chiefs or going to Buffalo or one right. of those, yeah, or some something like that. Um, so I, I think it's the best case scenario for for Dalvin Cook owners here. Um, quick aside, I'm gonna make it nerdy real quick here. Did you guys know that for for so Frank mentioned the no income tax for Florida? Did you know that there's such thing as like a jock tax where uh, if Dalvin plays 
in Massachusetts, like say he's playing for Miami and they play the Patriots, like he's got to pay Massachusetts taxes on this. Yeah, game for check. those game checks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. So that still stinks for them. Yeah. Yeah. When, when they play, so you only get eight games of that no state income tax or however many. Now, I don't know how many with the extra game now. Uh, so however many home games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing is, is I'm, I'm curious as to how that works because I know that they've split up. You don't get all your game check that week. They have it like split up longer than the season a little bit. So I don't know. You're the fucking accountant. You figure it out. <laughs> tax count, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's not legal advice, by the way, too. So if you're in a, if you happen to be a Miami Dolphin and watching me uh, right now, I'm not giving you advice on when you pay and don't pay taxes. Right. So <laughs> in terms of Dalvin, right, I think this is fine. Um, it's not like a bad yeah. fit, right? If he goes to the Patriots, you're like, okay, what the fuck? Right? If, I think if, it's if, fine on the Patriots. No, if he goes to the Pats, it's just waiting for him to die. Um, but yeah, you are right about a chain. A chain probably takes probably not a huge hit, but he definitely takes a hit. And if you're drafting there, that could definitely be the determining factor of you taking someone like Kendra Miller over him or Zach Charbonnet over him, right? One of the other running backs going around that tier over a chain. Now, do you guys agree with that? Are you like now, okay, I'm, I'm taking those running backs or even some of the other players, like maybe, a. uh, a Sam Laporta over him? I think he goes both yeah. ways. I think he goes both ways, right? Because I think, yes, it does influence the decision to go with a Kendra or a Laporta or someone right there in that tier instead of taking A-Chain. But at the same time, whoever takes A-Chain, I think is going to end up with a steal. Um, I still like him. I still think it, Miami's a great fit for him. Uh and we're talking about a guy in Dalvin Cook who's not known as the picture of health. Um, so I'm not going to really... I think at the end of the day, Dalvin's going to play his 12 to 14 games, miss a couple games here and there, and A-Chain's really going to show what he's worth. And I think Dalvin Cook's going to move on after this season. I don't foresee him signing a super long-term extension that's you know dead money for the Dolphins. I just don't think that's what's going to happen here. So long-term, I still like A-Chain. I just think it's going to be a wait-and-see for him more than anything. Yeah, I guess my my last point on A-Chain is that I could totally see that. I'm not really going to discount A-Chain's value much. The only problem I have is that I want to trade for him after this move, but I don't think his trade price is going to go down. I, I think in drafts, I agree with you, that happens, right? Charbonnet... Kendra Miller, even some of the other players behind him, other receivers and whatnot. Um, I don't know about Will Levis because he's weird, but he could be a Will Levis. That those guys, his ADP drops a handful of spots, which makes a tangible difference in your rookie drafts. But not for the trades. And all my fucking rookie drafts have happened, except for like our home league. So I'm cooked. Like I, if I want to get more A chains, it's like, what do I do? I'm paying the same price. You don't think he's going to take a massive hit if? Dalvin ends up there in, in startup or not post rookie draft trade value. Maybe in, in, in like a very small percentage of leagues, like 20% of leagues, it, there's like a tangible price difference. But other than that, um, I mean, maybe if I'm trading like a Kendra Miller straight up for him or, or a Zach Sharp, like doing that type of trade, maybe that could happen. But 
I, like I think his value, if we're gonna look at bulletproof that site, I think it goes down like half a round, a round at most. I I think it might go down like two rounds. I think he might be <laughs> you're muted, Jake, but <laughs> well, I think he might be below like um I mean, running backs, it's hard to compare him to, right? Because, like, I still think I'd rather have A-Chain over Roshan Johnson. But, like, you know, appealing players like Kadarius Tony, I don't really like him, but him and Rashad Bateman, you know, those kind of guys, like David Njoku, players that are going to be starting running backs like David Montgomery and Alexander Madison. Like, I think A-Chain drops below all those guys in terms of startup ADP. I can agree with the running back, the other running backs. I'm not sure about those receivers that you mentioned. I, I don't know. I've just been seeing hype specifically on those two guys that I mentioned, where I think they're going to start building in this offseason. Assuming the two that I did pick are the ones that just have crazy injury history already. Uh, so, so little, so few. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but so early in their career. Thank you. Right. Um, but yeah, all right, let's let's move on though. Saquon and Jacobs, Josh Jacobs are potential holdouts. Personally, I say no. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I think Saquon is already holding out at least minicab. Um yeah, he that said it's, really count. Um I think if I, I think the Giants put the offer back on the table at four, like I think it's four years, fourteen average value. Um I think the Giants and Saquon will work something out. I don't know what it'll end up being, how long it'll end up being, but I do think they work something out. I'm not too worried about Saquon missing much, much of camp and definitely not worried about him missing any of um, the regular season here. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, I I don't know. I don't really think Vegas knows what they're doing. I don't think they really want to give him a long-term deal. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does hold out after his big season last year. He's one I'm more worried about than Saquon. I just don't know who's knocking on the door, though, and being like, yeah, I want to pay your running back a bunch of money. Like, let me try well, I don't. Him. I don't think anyone will. And that's why I think, yeah. like, that's the issue here is that, like, So what sure, does the holdout do? That's that's what I'm wondering. Like, how is it helping them? Because I don't think anyone's coming in to swoop in and trade for them and pay him the bag. So I don't know. I, I like that's the problem with running backs nowadays is just none of them really get the bag anymore. Or if they do, they're cut after two years. So like, it's just one of those things where everyone's seeing this, and why would they even bother with that? They just saw Dalvin Cook get cut. They just saw Zeke get cut. Like, it's a whole big thing of just these running backs aren't worth it. Um, and I don't think anyone's really lining up to pay Josh Jacobs. I just, and if he holds out, it's just because he doesn't want to take the risk of playing on the, he's on the tag, right? I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So playing on the tag is a one year deal, nothing attached any further. So he's just going to want at least some guaranteed money beyond this year. Obviously, it's. I assume it won't be a lot, but if he can get two million dollars next year and a couple million the year after, like that's something. Yeah, it's that's it. I I agree with what you said. Where I'd probably it's a little too early right now, but the scenario with the Giants it makes sense. They have a team that they think they can win with. All of their moves have aligned with them trying to get better on offense. 
that offense last year, Saquon was fucking the insane, offense. right? Like he you need was him. the offense. Yeah. So that's a scenario where you're just willing to give him the contract. Cause like you, we're trying to fucking win. The Raiders, on the other hand, a team that have always been in the rumors for being like strapped for actual cash to give these guaranteed yeah. money to, like the fucking offense is just in a weird spot right now. Like it doesn't make sense for them to give Josh Jacobs a massive contract. So like if he is, if he's trying to get the contract that Saquon is getting, then yeah, That's I could see a holdout happening, and that that could be just like a really ugly situation. Because I, I, I agree with with both sides. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a GM, I'm not giving him that contract. I can't imagine a whole lot of other ones are, but it only takes one. And if you're Josh Jacobs, you just go like, dude, look at the tape last year. He and he, if you look, he was fucking fantastic. He was great. He put up like two k yards. I mean, he's a huge reason why the that that offense was able to do anything. Um, see that it, it has. It has a lot of the warning signs of something that can get ugly. The problem is, if I'm a contender, you look at his value, it's not worth it to move off of him. So now, like, my hands are tied. I, I have him on, like, one or two heavy contender rosters. Like, dude, what what am I supposed to do? Nothing. You can't because you're going to trade him for pennies. What do we, I, all, all I can do is put ice cubes in the toilet and pray for a snow day. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah we're in june. we're in june frank i don't think that's <laughs> it's coming <laughs> yeah, there, there's issue number one like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i agree with that I'm, i think you're just kind of stuck holding both these guys and just hoping they don't hold out and i think from what i said off the top it just doesn't make sense at least in my mind it it's not going to end up being productive for them so they might as well just play because they really don't have a whole lot of leverage. Maybe um, I'll send them a postcard or something. <laughs> <laughs> Please sign. <laughs> uh, Going to move on here to the wide receivers, though. A couple more, and then we'll get to our next segment. Um, Why are we talking about Calvin Austin? Okay, it's I, didn't, guy. I didn't really <laughs> want to, but A, there's a couple factors I think it's interesting. A, he was very productive at at, at Memphis, Memphis, right? He went to Memphis. Yeah. Um, obviously hurt all of last year was on one of those weird lists where it's like you're not allowed to play he's beginning a ton of hype like every single day at a steward's minicamp i've been seeing multiple people talking about how calvin austin moves different he's going to be part of the offense obviously there with him showing absolutely nothing and this just being a crowded offense to begin with there's not really a path to him being super relevant but the question I have is, like, is he worth the roster spot? Because he's on waivers in a ton of leagues that I'm in. Like, is he worth rostering? I mean, probably if your roster's pretty weak on the back end, throw a flyer out for nothing, sure. But we're talking about a roster here that, like you said, is super crowded between Deontay, Pickens, Allen Robinson, and then Fryermuth. At best, he's target number five. It's just not worth much. And, like, great, he looks awesome. Congratulations, Pittsburgh. You found a kick returner. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here. (laughs) Like, he'll do a lot on special teams for you, kick, punt, return, stuff like that. And then in a pinch, when you need him, fine. He could play in a three-wide receiver set if someone gets hurt. Not 
It's just not one of these scenarios that I'm going to go crazy for. Uh, yeah, but the the one thing I will say is that if he actually is talented, <clears throat> talented players will play and they will get targets. And the other thing you could look at is that let's just assume that Allen Robinson sucks and he's better than Allen Robinson, right? Because that's the, the case that you kind of need to have. And he's got to be better than Allen Robinson. And then Deontay, off of that weird short, like, three-year deal that the Steelers gave him, leaves in a year or two. All of a sudden, like, a path could open up if he's actually good at football and can earn, you know, <laughs> decent targets, right? Like, I mean, like, that statement could be said about a lot of people here. If he's good at football, he'll play. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the path is tough, and... If I'm taking the odds, I'm just not loving it. I like Calvin Austin, the prospect. I agree. He was very productive at Memphis. I just didn't like the landing spot in Pittsburgh because it was so crowded, and and I just think there's really no path to relevancy for him. Well, like, would you rather have him over, let's say, like, Abanaconda, um probably Wait, would I rather have Calvin Austin over a Banaconda? No. No, actually, yeah, no, I wouldn't even. Um a Banaconda's going in like the 15th round. Oh yeah, I have a right Banaconda's going 1501 in startups. Calvin Austin's going 25 uh, something. Yeah. Yeah, but in my, I'm just like listen, once you get there, you're at the point of like you're just a roster guy, you know. It's fucking. Equal I mean, the fifteenth round is significant, but the twenty-fifth round is like. Um, I'm just trying That's to think of like twenty players in between. Them. Okay, yeah, that was a bad example. Sue me. I'm trying to find like a, a, a back end roster guy. Obviously, you guys like a Banaconda a lot more than I do. Um, I guess like Adam Thielen, Van Jefferson, Darius Slayton, Michael I mean, like, Carter. Those guys play. Yeah, I think I'm taking all those guys over Calvin Austin. Oh, shit. Okay. I guess you guys don't think he's worth a roster spot then. Like Xavier Hutchinson? No, I like Xavier Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, probably would take Xavier Hutchinson. (laughs) E.T. Perry? I think we're crushing I'll I'll take Perry. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm... Go out and pick up Calvin Austin. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find some schmuck to drop. <laughs> now, Frank, behind you, uh, that terrible towel. You're not a Steelers fan, are Fuck you? Fuck off. <laughs> All right, I was just wondering. <laughs> um, let's move on from Frank Steelers to um, the Packers, where we have Romeo Dobbs. Um, who was kind of a darling in training camp last year, then got injured. Apparently, he's Love's go-to target this year uh, so far through training camp. I don't... I'm not completely out on this hype. In terms of either. I mean, again, I just think that they were on the second team last year in training camp together, and now they're on the first team together this year. So, like, they have a little bit of chemistry together already so like it's not and and Dobbs played pretty well last year considering everything that was going on but like the offense was better with him on the field than it wasn't um in in the splits with 
Christian Watson and like when Romeo Dobbs is healthy versus not, like he was getting Christian Watson's production went way down. Yeah, they got basically an even split versus when Dobbs was out, Christian Watson just exploded. I, I think part of that though is that Christian Watson was just good at the second half of the year, more so than it was Dobbs like kicking well, his Dobbs ass. Dobbs was injured the second half of the yeah, year. Yeah, that is true. I, I think part of it though with Dobbs is a, a little bit of an overreaction compared to the camp hype he was getting last year. Because I kind of agree with you guys. Like, given the, the shortened season and what he did during those games for a rookie, he really wasn't bad. Like, he put up, like, 430 yards, got almost 70 targets as a rookie. Like, that's not a terrible season for the amount of games that he played. But the problem is, is that he's just in that – he's in the mix and paradox of second and third round where – you don't want to give up the second round pick for him, but whoever has Dobbs isn't going to sell him for that random third, right? And I think we're still in that zone right now. And these high, the these camp reports do nothing to change that. That's a fair assessment in my book. Honestly, I think this is more impactful for the the dude they just drafted more so oh, than yeah, Romeo Jaylen Dobbs Reed. himself. Yeah, because with this with this Packers team. And what we saw out of them last year, and just given the fact that they have, they just drafted two tight ends, they have two pretty fucking good running backs. The two receiver sets, whoever the two receivers are that are playing, is going to probably be a pretty important for this football team, right? Because I could you totally... got to figure it's going to be Watson and Dobbs. You have and to. Yeah, figure. that's the issue right now. Is that it's it's looking like it's more likely that it's Watson and Dobbs than it is Watson and that other dude. And I like the other dude they drafted. He was one of my sleepers, but all of a sudden he starts going in the second round. It's like, what happened last night? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's what's interesting about, about this whole scenario. So, yeah, I, I like – I agree with you guys. I'm not on a Dobbs, but I'm not buying him for a second. Um, and now after these reports, if, if you were able to get him for a third, that may have just gone by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to... Yeah, you could pull up the recent trades. That would be a... Uh... I was trying to, but my computer's being too laggy. Where do you get... Is it yeah. on Bulletproof, the recent trades? I think so. Well, I'm, I'm, my computer's all laggy, though. Um... Oh, no. Do I get it from Sheets? I don't remember. Whatever I get it from, it's just... It's not working right now. It's Nothing's pulling up for me. Um... I think Dobbs is okay though, and in like his startup value, where he's he's gone up almost a full round since two months ago, three months ago. Yeah, and even still, I think I could justify taking him over. Okay, um, I've got some trades. Um, okay, cool. So yesterday there was a trade: Romeo Dobbs straight up for a second round pick. Um, let me see if I can get some of the just one for ones. Um, Romeo Dobbs for Puka Nakua. A couple days ago, but that's not great. Oh, this is a brutal one. John Mechie and Romeo Dobbs for a 23 first. John Mechie and Romeo Dobbs. Who did that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm ho I hope that's 112. It, you gotta hope it is. Tony Pollard. Yeah, a lot of these Romeo Dobbs one, he's just an auxiliary piece. Romeo Dobbs for 307 Calvin Austin and a 24 third. 
So two thirds and Calvin Austin for Romeo Dobbs. Romeo right. Dobbs for Bailey Zapp straight up. <laughs> Seems like people are getting out on Romeo Dobbs too early, if you ask me. Yeah, Not every wide receiver is going to pop off. Romeo Dobbs in a fourth for Paris Campbell. Someone's really buying into those Paris Campbell Giants beat reports. Mm. <laughs> Tails all this time. Giants beat reporters aren't that bad. Romeo Dobbs mm. and Nico Collins for Cardarius Tony and Taysom Hill. What the? F- Man, what all are these chances is fucking ugly. They're ugly on both sides, though. It's not even. I don't like any of it. Romeo Dobbs, Josh Palmer in a second for uh, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, see, the the issue is Romeo Dobbs is not the player to to get like, oh, I get a second at Romeo Dobbs for a first-round or first-round equivalent player. He's quite the opposite, actually. Like, if you can get that type of valuation for Dobbs, yeah, you fucking smash the sell button. Um. But I do generally like, yeah. If you're gonna give up Puka Nakua for him, go ahead. You know Bailey Zapp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like some random shit. All right, let's okay. Let's move off of Dobbs. I, I think we got enough of Dobbs. Uh, all right. Well, I, I mean, we've talked about him like probably the past month. But DeAndre Hopkins, Patriots are apparently the leader for him. Um, but Carolina and Cleveland are still in the mix. I don't know if you guys really want to add on anything. To that, I don't. Yeah, this on. went from, oh, dude, I want to chase a ring to, oh, let me see what I can get from that bag real quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just the same problem that I was talking about with Dalvin Cook, where it's like, you're going to have to take a pretty serious pay cut if you want to end up with the the um, the Bills, the Chiefs. See, though, like, like, these teams just don't have cap to throw around right now. If I'm De- if I'm DeAndre Hopkins though I'm willing to do it. I've been paid as a top 5 receiver for the past 5 6 seasons. He has no shortage of money. Like da- like he was making significantly more than Dalvin Cook was. So like from that standpoint if, da- if DeAndre Hopkins wants to go chase a ring, go chase a ring, buddy. I don't understand why he wouldn't. I I think that is easy to say in our shoes, though, when you're talking about the difference of millions and millions (laughs) of dollars, potentially, right? Like, we're talking about, like, let's say a one-year, like, $4 million deal, $4.5 million, all guaranteed, where you have dudes, like, you know, he's getting paid, like, shit receiver money compared to, okay, I could go to Carolina and get, like, 15 to 20 mil, right? Like, Five Xing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's do, do you want the beach house or do you want multiple beach houses? I kind of kind of talking myself into oh well, Carolina, we're a contender. Well, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. when you think about that division, anyway, <laughs> right? We're about to talk about them. You know, you put fifteen million dollars on it, and you're like, you know what? Maybe we can win a Super Bowl. You know, like yeah. <laughs> we can make the playoffs. Oh. That's a great segue because let's just get into it. The NFC South over unders, because um, this division is tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're new from last year or the year prior, um, we're still kind of tailoring it, but I think we've made it better. Um, we look at the heap trade cut values of every division prior to the season starting, and we just give a value um, based on if the, we think the player is overrated or underrated. So I don't know if Frank has the sheet yet up on yeah, the screen, on, but. I'll just describe it for everyone. 
it's going to be break out, uh, broken out by position, then by team, and then who's the more valuable player on it. And um, what we're most concerned about is their super flex value and their position rank. So, for example, Desmond Ritter is going to be our first guy. He's quarterback 28 currently on keep trade cut, and super flex value is 3,200. Um, now, I don't know if you guys wanted to compare it to last yeah, year, I've what got, we were seeing I've got last, last year. year's pulled okay. up right now, the last year, just the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, no. So, what you guys are going to see is a, a lot changes. <laughs> and what people's assumptions were last year compared to this year, <laughs> things change pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a complete fucking clown fiesta. So, yeah, we have um we have last year's pulled up, just the quarterbacks. I guess the biggest L was mainly me and Jake having an underrated on Jameis. I think everything else is, like, kind of just yeah meh. Like, I guess if you went out and you Tom paid Brady, a second yeah. for Marcus Mariota, that sucks, but... At that at that QB thirty five two thousand keep trade cut price, it's more like an early third, and he was a starting quarterback for a good amount of last year. So like, you can make an argument that now as a contender that that's decent, right? Like, yeah, it's a it's a value L, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, Tom Brady, I guess, was kind of an L, but once again, it's mm-hmm. like you kind of knew what you were getting into in that scenario. And the price wasn't that steep. It, like, I mean, thirty three hundred. What you're paying, but I don't think you were gonna get that. Or that what is that? That's typically like a mid second. I don't think you were gonna really get that. If anything, like, I think you're if you're selling Tom Brady, you're gonna get that late second, early third, and you're just gonna take it. See, so, yeah, I think I think Jameis was a legitimate L. So yeah, shout out to uh, to Loon and JT on that one for getting that one right. I guess if you believe in Desmond Ritter a lot. We all had him as overvalued. I still have him as overvalued. He went down one spot for this next season. He's now QB 28. So how do you guys, are we just going to now go into this year's quarterbacks or are we going to I was thinking that we could just go into the running backs now. Okay. Well, let me uh, adjust the size of this really quickly. So yeah, running backs, um... Jake had an overvalued on Cordero Patterson. That was pretty decent because he's basically cooked now. Um, Tyler Algier had a wild roller coaster of (laughs) being a smash (laughs) to being an L. So I don't know what you want to put on that. Um, I guess other than that, like Donta Foreman increased. Alvin Kamara maybe is probably a little bit of an L. So yeah. you may maybe we could put because we all had Alvin Kamara's undervalued right like if you drafted Alvin Kamara or traded for him last year you're probably not too happy about that but it's not like the not biggest thing in the world Leonard Fournette is probably a big L and Rashad White yeah uh, Rashad like Yikes. the thing that's interesting about Rashad White though is like his value is a little bit higher he went from like that's a mid second he's probably a very early second if a late first so yeah that's. That's definitely a dub right there for Rashad White if you if you invested in him there. Any other thoughts on this on this one? Not much. Oh, These I mean, running backs are pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah, we can move on, I guess. Uh dude, an undervalued on Abram Smith. Did he even make it to training camp? 
<laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm the only one who said he was overvalued. Dude, nice. That was pretty that. good because that was that. Like, listen, the fourth and fifth round picks are usually a dart throw, but that was like a major L, even for a dart throw. Like, the dude didn't even get to training camp. Like, <laughs> um. All right, tight ends. I think the only real thing here is that. Um, I refuse to uh, take this out. I'm actually kind of with you, but all things considered, you have to say it. He's went from like a late first round startup to pick to an early third round startup pick. He's lost a good amount of value. Kyle Pitts was an L. Um, I think Jawan Johnson is probably a dub. So shout out to Loon for yeah. No, he he got up, but he's um. We'll give it to him right now. Yeah, that, that's Johnson. a pretty that's a pretty solid dub, right? He's like tight end twenty four. Yep. So yeah, he went from literally garbage can to to waste lord. <laughs> He's borderline startable. Like if you're in uh, tight end premium, two flex, three flex spot league, like Jawan Johnson probably in someone's starting lineup at this point. Yeah, or if he's, if he's your tight end, too, you're not really too unhappy with that right now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kate Otten is uh, apparently a dub, yeah. which I, I agree with. I like Kate Otten. It's not like a massive one, but if you picked him up at this price, like a fourth-round pick, you're probably pretty happy about that. We also all had <laughs> Cameron Wright is undervalued. <laughs> so I've, I've been at a value of 764. He's worth nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, sure, he's underrated. Um. All right, it's just funny to look back at some of these. Hold on, let me get all the wide receivers on the screen. You're gonna probably have yeah, to break receivers into two. Two teams. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, uh, I'll do that. Okay. So Drake um, London. I'm about to flip flop on him so hard. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because I'm pretty sure right now he's still wide receiver 12, but his value has gone up. I think he's up about like 500 to 600 keep trade cup points which at the higher end is like a decent bit of value. Um, Calvin Ridley, I have as a dub. Jake and I, we kind of deb- debated about this because like I-, I see both sides of the coin where he didn't play last year, which is probably a big reason why his value was just like shanked a little bit, right? Right. I mean, this this value was right before the season last year, right after he was announced he's not playing. So that's why his value was all the way down. Obviously, it's going to go back up now that he's going to be playing. Um, I still think he's washed. I still think that he's... <laughs> his, I still stand by my assessment, but here we are. Yeah, the, no the only argument I have, though, is that if you invested in him, and I saw a lot of people do this in startups. I did it in only, like, a couple leagues. I should have done it in more. Fuck. Um, like... Dude, he literally two axed, if not more. I, I think that has to be, even though not he, he He's did not up to fifty two hundred, but yeah. No, yeah, but like it's an, it's like an exponential kind of a yeah yeah. Thing. It's Going not like from five thousand to ten thousand wouldn't be two axing. That'd be like five. Yeah, that would be like mega fucking. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to yeah. consider Calvin Ridley a dub if you invested in him here, like wide receiver fifty seven, sure. like thirteenth round of startups. That was a pretty good pick. Um, we got nothing on the, those Carolina receivers. That is nothing. We pretty. We also, had Tyrus Marshall was overrated, and he is uh wide receiver. He's actually gone up somehow. He's wide receiver seventy two. 
<laughs> JT, so. he no, it's not a dub. <laughs> no, no, I mean L on our, our part, but I mean it's not like it was a crazy amount different. Um, um I, yeah, I think he's still just in the third round he, picks he's here. 20, he's twenty eighty. I'm gonna say up. this Robbie Anderson was a a flop. I'll take but, the uh, sure, yeah, W for me then. Sure. Um, yeah, DJ Moore, I think is generally speaking the same. Everyone else is like, eh, whatever. Yeah. All right, now well, we're we going to oh, major L's here. Oh, major we got L's. the Saints wrong. <laughs> yeah, Chris Olave as an overvalued was probably one of the best buys all of last season, like, yeah. <laughs> and best draft picks. Michael Thomas, we all had. You can make an argument that that was an L, but I think he's like, generally speaking, still a late second rounder. This is a mid second round valuation. Um, I don't think that one's significant enough. But yeah, a yeah. lot of us, all of us except for Lunas, had Jarvis Landry as underrated. That was a pretty decently <clears throat> sized L where you got nothing out of him last year. And he was almost at a late second round pick, definitely at a, a like an early third round. So like t- you could have gotten something for him. Um, and then all the other guys, it's almost like not. I don't even know why we have Marquez Callaway highlighted. Doesn't matter. I think Mike Evans is the opposite of whatever. You, you guys have the red on the O's and the green on the U's. I think it's flip flop. Yeah, so that's an interesting discussion just because Mike Evans was such a fantastic player for a championship push last year. That's that, true. He did yeah, win he, championships. Right. So, like, I can see both sides of the coin. I was someone who sold all of my Mike Evans' shares last year, and I got first-round picks for him. So, like, right now, you look at the key trade cut values, like, yeah, you could roster bait to it all you want, but I may have won a championship if I had him. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to do the math, but I know well, that's basically nuclear. Yeah, that's basing it all off his like last two weeks of the season, though. Instead of looking at the whole outlook on his his season and now where he's at, because he's wide receiver like 41, I think, on keep rate cut. So it is a sizable drop from where he was last year. I um, think Chris Godwin is generally speaking where he was last year. Maybe he's a little he, bit down, he's but he's like receiver like 25 he, or something. No, he's like 33. That. Oh geez, but uh, I, I think he's the same tangible there's not a value. Whole lot. Yeah, there's not a whole lot difference between like he's 4100 on keep pay cut. Um, I, I'm actually going to categorize Russell Gage as an L here for me and Lunas, and I think Jake because yeah. he's at like a a late second round pick here, and now he's unsellable. So that was a pretty good call if you sold Russell Gage last year for a second round pick. I'm actually ashamed at myself for having him. I wish I had him there. to sell him for that. Because honestly, like those are the types of moves that really help you out in your dynasty leagues. If you have a, a, a like a 24 or 25 second for what was Russell Gage, like that, you could then turn that second into a flex viable player. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a huge L. I hate myself for that. Fuck you, <laughs> past Frank. <laughs> all right you ready again to this year's one though oh let's yeah i'm it. ready to cook all right let's see what we can fuck up this year are we doing like a reveal here like how we are we just going through just just one? type them in just do okay it. well we could just go one by one desmond ritter yeah that's an easy one for me that's an easy oh i i'm telling you i i see the future 
this Desmond Ritter we all put overvalued, and he goes out and he like nope. meanders his way into a halfway decent season, and then is valued like where Kenny Pickett is right now. Probably, I wouldn't doubt nope. that. Nope, he plays so poorly that they yoink him, put in Taylor Heineke, and that's why Taylor Heineke is underrated. <laughs> and we never hear from Desmond Ritter again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Taylor Heineke, I want to put an overvalued for him, but it's like overvalued at what? Who cares? Like, yeah. I feel like I have to put the U just in case, you know? Yeah, I, I truly think he's going to be taking snaps for the Falcons this season. So do I. Absolutely. This uh, is a tough one here with Bryce Young because I do think his I value goes easy. down from this year to next yeah, year. Absolutely. Yeah, he's not quarterback 10. But at the same time, I think Bryce Young is a good player. Like, if I could do a two-year over-under, like a three-year, I would I would say he's fairly valuable. Yeah, sure. But I think he's going to way more likely see a dip now. The, and... the issue I have is that I don't see him breaking into that top tier of quarterbacks. So, therefore, this 5,700 value, almost 5,800 value, is to yeah, me almost the highest he'll get. Oh, he put you. I, do, I, I, I just, just I like Bryce Young. I'm willing to take him at one at, at 102 this year and just hold his ass. So we're yeah. we're gonna get into the rest of this Panthers offense, but it's kind of it's pretty anemic. There's not a whole lot going on here. That right. corral, just, just a ragtag. Dalton overrated. overrated. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just tough to say that on like. Score back fifty six. We had I don't know Matt Corral got done a little dirty because <laughs> yeah. he just hasn't he really did. had a shot. So I'm willing to put the U there. Like I think whatever. he could end up on a team. Like as, as like I think he could somehow I luck like his way into bridge quarterback. Andy Dalton's just fine. You convince me. Yeah, whatever. How? Well, now I want to put an O. <laughs> oh, look at Frank. I'm different from everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm different. All right, Derek Carr. I. Thirty-four eighty-six. It's I was I was ready to smash an O. Now I'm still it's gonna low. go with O, but I think he's overrated. The problem with Derek Carr, like, what's his cost? He's got what? Like, realistically, what can you get him for? What? Second, like, just, late first, yeah, this is like an early second price valuation on keep trade cut. Yeah, but I I don't think you actually get him for that. If I, I could get him, for, if I, if I could get him for that, I'd say he's underrated. But I don't, so I'll overrated. Um, where is he on this bulletproof thing? Sorry for the graphic being screwed up. I don't. Where is he? Uh, eight oh eight. He's right next to Deontay and Aaron Rodgers. No chance. Yeah. yeah. The problem I have with Derek Carr is, it's like, yeah, he's got like a really nice receiving core. I think. Um, well, like, it's not like he didn't have that previously. Like, he, he didn't just have Devontae Adams as his number one wide receiver. Like, I, I'm not buying in at him seeing improvement from Derek Carr moving from the Raiders to the Saints. Because the other thing, it's not like Sean Payton's there, right? Like, we're not in Sean Payton fixing Derek Carr. So here's my qualm with this, is that I think that the price that is listed here is a little bit incorrect. And that if we go off the bulletproof price, 
it's like 700 800 keep trade cut points higher and then he's overvalued i think at this valuation it's fine because yeah that's that's what i said though it's just like at that price sure he's undervalued but that's just not what you're possibly getting him for but no I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this price as face value right i'm gonna okay. take the 3486 and qb26 i think that that's slightly underrated where are you eating, where are you eating dubs fellas Jameis winston takes no, thank you dude i just Jameis had his chances man i'm rooting yeah. for him but he's i'm just throwing a u oh. on every single shitty quarterback because if i hit a brock purdy i'm i'm cooking Oh, look at you trying to scheme the system already. <laughs> look, this is my guy, though. I'm never oh, going to... He uh, might be quarterback one. I still might put a U. Uh, I don't want Realistically, any... though, like he's the starting quarterback for this team, like, and he's quarterback 34. I just, I just don't want any of these quarterbacks. I think this team is going to be horrible. This rank... Well, We're see, I'm looking. Fake. I'm looking at this the Falcons tough, last year. And... This is tough if you're listening to us on the podcast. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, so no, no, no. Spotify is video oh, podcast. Yeah, but, but if okay. you're watching us on like Apple, listening to us on Apple, all right. Oh yeah, you're tough. <laughs> yeah, all right, we're talking about Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, JTS, Baker Mayfield, quarterback thirty-four, at about a third-round pick valuation is underrated. Jake overrated. Kyle Trask is even less than that. QB 38 at 1462. Dude, I'm going to be a merchant. Um, you can't have both underrated. One's why not, not? going to play. Why can't I? <laughs> One's not going to play. You have both overrated. I fucking. <laughs> That's uh, fine. I think they're, both like one of they're either playing. both overrated or both underrated. Either one of these motherfuckers is in the mix next year or they're both gone. <laughs> They're both gone. It's Baker in the mix. Okay, right. I'll have them both overrated. You're both cooked. I'm going to be seeing a nice big green U next year, next to Baker. All right. Yeah. Okay. On to the running backs. The running backs. Bijan Robinson somehow underrated. <laughs> yeah, tier of his own. Hold on, hold on. Let me. Uh... Sorry, JT, you're getting a smidge cut off here. And then every other Falcons running back can eat kick rocks. So, no, um, you know why? Look, I mean, this might be, I'm kind of been big on Cordero Patterson, but we're going to get to that receivers in a second. (laughs) I think Cordero Patterson's in the mix. JT, you don't get to put him back at wide receiver. That's not how this works. I don't like. I don't care what I can and can't do. I think he will be on the field catching passes for this team because look at that receiver core. So I think if he's on the field at all at running back ninety one, that's undervalued. You're talking about a thirty two year old punt returner that had a season and a half of good play at running back. I, I what are we doing? Yeah, I'm just saying if he's on the field at all like if he's giving you points he's going to be worth more than that 832 keep trade cup thing if he's giving yeah. you any points Caleb Huntley get out of here I don't even know if he's on the roster when the season <laughs> starts um 
Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders, but running back 20 is kind of tough nah. for someone that's not like super dynamic. These Panthers running backs, I'm not touching. I actually think that Miles Sanders is one of the bigger sells potentially in Dynasty right now because um, especially as the season approaches and people are going to be looking to, you know, everyone's going to be a contender at the beginning of the season or most people in your leagues are going to be contenders. Miles Sanders clearly has this running back room all to himself. Like this offense is probably going to be pretty dog shit. And that usually means as a running back, your touchdown opportunities are going to be pretty bad. And then and this is a you, guy who struggled with touchdown opportunities in the first place. Right. So like last year, this is the complete opposite situation of last year. I just, I'm going to try to transition him into a first round pick or first round equivalent receiver, that whole tier of receivers that we mentioned every episode. So just, desperately I w- I'll trade him for fucking Kenny Pickett. I don't care. I just want off of him at this value. If you can get Kenny Pickett for him. I'll give a little bit more. I don't care. Like I'll do Miles Sanders in a second. I'll transition him right into this third. to this next guy. I'll take him for the pick that is Kendra Miller. I don't care. That Kenny is- Pickett's going a full round above him. FY ADP. Yeah. Oh, over Miles Sanders. Uh Kendra Miller, no thank you. I like Kendra Miller. I think he's I just give me Kendra Miller. I still like Kamara here. The problem is this time next year, what's his value going to be? It's going to be lower. No doubt. I don't know about no doubt. I mean, just strictly based on age and breaking down everything, signs point to that. But I could see a bounce back season for Alvin Kamara where maybe he's just treading water kind of thing. Um, So I'm not going to be out on him just yet. Mal Williams is a strong O for me. though. I'm just big O. uh, I don't. He got cooked by the Kendra pick. Um, All right. That's the Saints for everyone. Uh, Rashad White. Overrated. Lunas would probably put a U here. I'm sure he would, but overrated. (laughs) Rashad White is... This team is going to be bad. I'm just surprised he's not higher valued by the community. I mean, there's not really anyone you could put him over. I just thought he would be at a first-round pick value. Like, uh, I just think even if he has a really good season, I don't think there's anything stopping the Bucks from bringing in another running back that just tanks his value anyway. Kind of like Kenneth Walker, where it's like, yeah, he had a really good season, but now we're going to be looking back, and it's probably pretty similar. Um, Sean Tucker... Ugh, I don't know I what want, to do here. I want, I want to, to put, put you. I do too. With the medicals and everything and the, the lack of investment in him. Oh, I'm just going to... Oh. I want it, but I can't do it, JT. I just can't I feel like if it. I put a U and he ends up being good or like the starting running back for this team, I'll look a lot better than an O and he ends up just not being on the I, I think at this price, I'm willing... All the rookie drafts I've seen, he's been going for, I feel like, significantly more than... Like fifteen thirty six is almost like a late third. I, I feel like I've seen him go early third almost every single draft I've been in. I think it's oh. a lot of name recognition a lot of the time too. But let's do the thing that we did last year too, where we, we do our biggest underrated, like most underrated, most overrated. Um, as I'm looking at Kyle Pitts right now, and I'm putting the U next to his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
sure. I don't know how to denote that. Oh, now. Let me um. I'll put like a green here. No, because green signifies. Um, yeah, green most underrated, red most overrated. Okay, sure. Then going back, we couldn't see. What would be my most overrated though? So Bryce Young at quarterback ten. I like Bryce Young, but he's just a... my most overrated is going to be Miles Sanders. But oh uh, wait, no, I already know who mine's going to be. Um, we'll get to him in a little bit. Actually. Yeah, probably will be. Oh, Frank, you just speed run. Yeah, I think that this is. I, I think I just have this down here. Uh, what I think. Um, uh, uh, my most underrated. Yeah, I, I don't. I like Hayden Hurst. I think Hayden Hurst is underrated. I agree with Frank on that one. The rest of this division, the only other tight end I'd want is Kate Otten. I just think Actually, there's going to be... Yeah, Baker likes his tight ends. I forgot about that. So I put you on him. It's not even about Baker. I just think this this he'll get some opportunities. All, all roads lead back to Baker. All right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I just think realistically speaking, Cade Otten should be valued where someone like Cole Komet is or yeah. maybe like slightly under him, and he's significantly cheaper. What, what did I screw up here? Because... No. Why is K-Dot in the same keep trade cut value as Jawan Johnson? One of those is in rate. What do you mean? Um, oh, yeah. Hey, guys, keep trade cut Travis Homer, Trent Churfield, Jalen Rager. Oh, what? just cut them all. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> I don't even um, see that. Where is that? No, that's on. I just went on. Uh, to maybe keep, keep Trent Churfield because he's on a roster. Like It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, K so wait, K dot in is fifteen ninety one. So he's it's even cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think once again this is another flaw in keep trade cuts pricing. I don't think he K dot is actually this cheap. He can't. Be. I think I agree. Yeah, just because he's a starting pennant. How could he possibly be tight end thirty? Thirty two. But, like, a late third-round pick valuation, like mid to late third-rounder, no shot. I think that Kate Otten is, is an early third. Um, Like, yeah, I could agree with you. You're not getting seconds for Kate Otten, but no one is – I really doubt people are selling him for, like, a contender third. No shot. All right. Let's ride these wide receivers. I don't know who to put as my most overrated and underrated for this. Oh, like, I'm going guess- to get to him. Don't my you most worry. O- my most overrated is oh for oh wait we're going to receivers I thought we were gonna do that for tight ends yeah. um, no no we're no, just no, doing no. it in the, the division as a whole oh okay so for me my most underrated carpet um I guess Matt Collins underrated there I'm gonna put an underrated next to Sky Miller too because I figure one of them is gonna be on the field a and. Here is my most overrated, Jonathan Mingo. I think he's trash. <laughs> I'm out on Jonathan Mingo. I don't want any part on him. Um, I just don't think he's going to be on the field a whole lot. This is a, while it's not a good wide receiving core, um, 
it does have players that play the game. <laughs> and so I, I just I am not banking on Jonathan Mingo being that guy. Chris Olave is tough. He's not going to go up. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Like, are you telling me he's going to break past CD Lamb or AJ no. Brown? Probably not. Mm, Mingo is priced a little high. Yeah, I think. Um. Well, because I think if he was, because in the drafts that I've been picking up a Mingo, it's been more like, let's say, like a 2,800 keep trade cut. Um, so I don't know where that would be. Maybe like mid-50s receiver. I think that's actually worth the potential upside. But I I, I don't know. I'm going to have to change it to an O. I, I do like Mingo on tape, too. It's annoying putting an O next to him because I, I think he's a decent player. But yeah, at thirty two hundred, he's. It's probably that that's a little too rich for the risk, because that that's a valuation where, Mingo in a second is getting you into a pretty damn good tier receiver. If you're a contender, you might just move that for a Keenan Allen, right? Like and get your guaranteed one good season, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah, that's my philosophy exactly on Mingo. I just, I'm not buying into it. Who are your, so Jake, you have your most underrated as Hayden Hurst at tight end 35, and your most overrated as Miles Sanders running back 20. Frank, you have yet to. Yeah, I, I don't want to scroll yet because um I want us to go through the other receivers. I didn't realize we were doing the most overrated, underrated thing. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, we're on to anything else about the Panthers, or are we on to the Saints? I'm, I might just give Michael Thomas my most underrated because that man hasn't played in two years. How is he underrated? Yeah, but like he's not even worth a second, apparently, according to this price. That's fucking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Not even worth a second. You add Derek Carr here. I, I kind of agree with you guys in terms of like, Chris Olave is is not like I put underrated just because I really don't think he he's falls out of the top ten. Like I, how mean, I really he, I think he's gonna put the, up another like thousand ish yard season. I can see only, in terms of the, I think he could fall outside the top ten because I do like this this year's receiver class. Yeah, I think JSN easily moves into the top ten. I think there's a good chance one of the other three guys, whether it's you know Quentin Johnson or Addison moves into the top 10. I, I just think there's a, even we're talking about second year wide receivers. You know, you're talking about the likes of Christian Watson. If he continues what he did in the second half of last year, if can, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I do think Drake London can though. Drake I, I London think, for sure. Like things like that. With, with Chris Olave, I feel like I'm looking at not an actual like play styles, but in terms of dynasty values and overall fantasy production, what, t higgins is he's just gonna be that consistent what he does he does he's gonna get his target share it's not gonna be like 30 fucking percent but he's gonna put up his 1100 yards and his six touchdowns and gonna be a good player 
So the problem is, so I could see a world where he jumps Amon Ra yeah. and Jalen Waddle. Either of those two, I could see him jumping. Waddle. He's not those, those are no, those no are the two wide receivers ahead of him. All right, all right, go. No I don't way. think he has calm the down, calm upside down. to jump anyone. Exactly. So if you don't think he has the upside to jump anyone, he's got to be overrated then, right? No, no, because I, I think he still is in the top 10. I, I just think he stays where he's at. So you well, don't what is, think what the is likes Higgins of, ranked? Uh, he's wide receiver 10 at 308. I think that's almost his floor. <laughs> like wide receiver 10, wide receiver I, don't, I, don't I think Quinn Johnson, JSN, um, Drake London. Probably it as in terms of wide receivers, I think can jump him. I don't think I'd bet on Addison. Um, yeah. All right, Jake, you got to head off. Adios, hey, fellas. I got to bounce. I mean, yeah, we just have the bucks to wrap up anyway. Uh, peace, Jake. Um, so let's just wrap up the bucks then. Um, are we all in lock? It's just you think Mike Evans is overrated and Jake in a shocking turn of events thinks Rakeem Jarrett's underrated. Who? <laughs> Someone take a guess where Jake went to college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like this just kind of goes back to a lot of what I was saying with the segment of last year. It's like Mike Evans is probably just going to be cheaper than this next year. Um, yeah, he will be 30, the dread 30. I mean, he, I, I think he could kind of de hop around this range for a little bit, especially if he eventually moves teams, which could be interesting. So, Dude, I, I think whether you put it O or U here, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, I like I just think he's locked into this range of twenty eight hundred to like thirty seven hundred for almost the rest of his career until he eventually is is cooked. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, if you have money, I'm not like this is not like a oh sell him if you have your dynasty team. That's why I sold him last year. It's like I think the time to sell was last year, and if you didn't, you've made the You've made that determination. Okay, I'm going to hold him for the rest of his career. Yes. All right, let me go and, and find my most overrated. Okay. Uh, okay, I kind of said it earlier in the episode. I was, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. Are you and Jake are on the same page there? Oh, geez. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Truthfully, looking around, right? Like... I guess I could say Desmond Ritter would be up there for me in terms of like who I'd say is more overrated, but uh, I, I just know. think the the issue with Desmond Ritter is that you you can understand that ranking, like yeah, and, and I think at least in Desmond Ritter's case, yes, he's not a first round pick, but Jordan Love is more expensive than him. Um, Aaron Rodgers is more expensive than him. Um, plenty of other players are more expensive than him that either are just as risky or have clear less future value if he pans out. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is not the right player to bring into this, but um, like in terms of what he can give you if he becomes a franchise quarterback and the fact that his legs are going to be involved, yeah, he could Daniel Jones' his way into being there, but I agree with you. I just don't think he's got it. I don't think he's good enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the whole problem um otherwise like 
I'm looking around the lead, the, the division and there's not that many high rated players <laughs> to be like, yeah, they're overrated. I think the player that I'm struggling with the most is Kendra Miller. It's it's just annoying because <laughs> I I like Kendra Miller as a prospect a lot. I think he's a good running back. His tape was was good. I really liked it. He was dynamic for that TCU offense. But is this just another Trey Sermon where, I mean, you can make it, I guess even Trey Sermon's case, he looked like the best running back on the roster. Like, And I said this a couple episodes, uh, episodes ago, there's a realistic case that Kendra Miller is the third most productive running back on this offense. And yeah. I feel like that's not the outcome that's unpredictable, right? Like, um, he he needs things to break his way more so than most people that are ranked around him in terms of like, he's in a very, like, there is a very talented backfield there. The offense, um, who knows what it's going to be looking like with the Saints. I mean, look, he is still ranked behind the likes of like James Cook, who I just think is not good. But he's ranked like, you know, ahead of quarterbacks like a Mac Jones. He's ranked right next to Brock Purdy. He's ranked ahead of receivers like Mike Evans, who will actually score you a bunch of points. Rashad Bateman and Kadarius Tony, who you weren't as high on. Um, there are also just players that should be starting full season, like David Montgomery, um, that are ranked behind him. James Conner, for example, is ranked behind him. Obviously, age is, is a big factor there, but we don't know what Kendra Miller is yet. Like His profile, to me, wasn't incredibly exciting um so having a guy like kendra miller banking on everything breaking bank banking on everything breaking his way and expecting him to supplant someone like an alvin kamara who's just been a staple of this team i'm just i'm not buying in on that that rating right and i the only thing I I disagree with you, because I agree with you for this season, but when we turn the clock a full year and we look at this running back situation and where Kendra, if Kendra, he just needs to show flashes in the second half of next season. He doesn't have to do it. The yeah, but the thing season. is, we could, we could just bump down one team here and look at Rashad White, and you were surprised that Rashad White didn't go up a whole lot, and I think that would be the same... Same thing right. if we just see flashes from Kendra and we don't actually see him be the guy. So, I, I don't know. It, once again, I'm, I'm struggling to value him because his floor is high as long as he basically plays. Like, he just needs to not completely suck ass and he should have a decent floor. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just so tough. I guess the other X factor is what happens with Kamara because Kamara looked like he lost a step, but if if you are right in that Kamara comes back and he's good, man, it just added, there's there's a lot of just what the fuck is going to happen here with Kendra Miller. Um, I guess I'm just going to err on the on the he's good. Sure. I, too much risk for me at that price. It is a little bit pricey, like. Given what this 2023 running back class was supposed to be, 
you kind of wish you were getting him, especially in rookie drafts, not at like 112 or 201. You kind of wish you were picking him up at like a 205, 206, 207. That would make me feel a lot better about drafting. And that's almost where you were picking up someone like Rashad White. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, right? You weren't really, I guess it was draft dependent. There were people. Um, is there a breakdown on his? I don't think it goes that far back. His draft. Yeah, disregard me. I'm not going to be able to find it for Rashad White. But no, like oh, yeah. we can, we can look mm-hmm. at his his keep trade cup price last year, right? Like oh, that's true. So I was gonna, I was just gonna look at his his flaws because it's gonna be his ADP. His price was thirty eighty five RB thirty two. So yeah, it's it's a little bit more that two oh five two oh six kind of a thing, right? Yeah, I, I totally see your argument um, because Kendra is a little bit more expensive. The upside and without him just supplanting Kamara or Jamal Williams, like the upside this year, it's hard to imagine. Um, and I, I guess- there's a world though. I, is there is there any um, outcome with Alvin Kamara? Like, is he gang suspended? Do we? I don't know. I thought it would have come out by now. Like we've just I don't know nothing. League- it's just been crickets. Let me see if it's a quick Google. When will Alvin Kamara be suspended? See if anyone has. No, apparently it's increasingly likely that he will not face any discipline, um, according to Pro Football Network. It's just, have we ever seen the NFL drag their feet this much with a suspension? Like a year and a half? Uh, Other than like Deshaun, but that was like... That was getting dragged. Oh, true. The courts and everything. This is very different than this. this is is this Alvin Kamara's thing out of court though? Isn't it still in the court system? Maybe that's why it's still. Um. So this article is as of May second. Um. He pleaded not guilty as of March second. Oh, there's a July 31st trial date. So I guess, yeah, maybe we have to wait until after. Maybe we have to wait till August. Mm-hmm. Standard has been a six-game suspension, and the NFL can levy it whether Kamara is found guilty or avoids all legal consequences. Yeah, but even if Kamara does get suspended, it's like, is that not somewhat priced in here? The fact that he's... Oh, it is. I mean, he's valued 500 more than than Rashad White last year. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say it's Preston. I, he's a tough one for me. I really don't know which, which way to go on that one. And also from, like, an actual dynasty view as well. Um where to where to have him because it's it's not even necessarily about like oh do i take him at 112 or 201 or 202 no it's like do i trade out of this fucking pick Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because like you said if you're a contender what if i got mike evans you know what if i got someone else that's gonna score points i don't know it's tough 
But all right, I've got nothing else, JT. Okay. So season three, episode forty-five, our first divisional breakdown. Um, hopefully, Lunas will be back next week. Uh, we can have the full four of us going through. Um, drop a comment which division you want to see us go through next. We're trying to avoid ones that are going to maybe get shaken up with new ads and everything, like you know, like a Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins, um, until they get there. But let us know who you think we should go over next. Um, if you want to put a comment in on this pod or tweet at us, I think Frank's at 3RD and 20 underscore on yep. Twitter. And I'm at Dynasty JT on Twitter if you want to reach out to us there. Um, but yeah, season three, episode 45. Thanks, everyone.